In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. Listen up, people. Mobile sports betting is finally live in Ohio. We want to help prevent you from making bad bets in order to win big. We need you to download the BetQL app today and instantly get their models, best bets, live public information, sharp data, trends, and much more right at your fingertips. Use code OH25 for 25% off your first month. Head to betql.com slash news slash 92.3 the fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. We're talking about the impact now of Zadarius Smith on the Browns roster. So, um, Daryl, I know you kind of wanted to touch on this for a second, and we'll get to rookie minicamp uh, coming up a little bit later in the show. But let's talk about the impact that Smith could have. Because immediately once they got him, I thought it was funny. You texted me. You're like, oh, maybe we should have done the schedule game one day later. And I do think he's worth one win uh, for this team. If he can play at that all-pro level that he is, if not him, the fact that he'll have the ability to maybe do a little bit more than Jadavian Clowney did and give Miles Garrett the, the extra oomph that he needs to come from the other side to make things happen. So I'm willing alone on this move to say that the Browns could get one more win than a lot of us thought. That takes you to 11-6. and six. How do you see it? Uh, I, I, I see it exactly the same way. I think that they now will go two and two to start the season instead of one and three. And that gets them to 11 and six. And I don't know that that wins the division. I, I, I still feel like Baltimore and Cincinnati are probably going to win the division, but I think for the first time since 1989, the Browns will finish in front of the Steelers in the standings. I think the Browns will be the third place team in the division, the second or third place team in the division the Steelers are going to finish in last place, but the Steelers are probably going to be 500. You know what I'm saying? Like Steelers are not going to be a bad football team. Um, Mike Tomlin just always finds a way to squeeze blood from a rock down there in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I I'm with you. Like, I think it's really freaky how you and I seem to be on the same page about where this team is and, and, where, and, and what they're going to, or what their potential I should say. Uh, is going to be for the upcoming season. But, yeah, I, I feel like adding him is good enough for an extra win, and that gets them to 11-6. and six, And um, they're still going to have to play on wild card weekend, though. <laughs> they're not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know that – you know, because, look, they um, – when I look at their schedule, there's – I even have – like, the 49ers, even though I have them winning that game, Andy, like, that's going to be a tough football game for them. Uh, Tennessee, I have them beating the Titans. But Mike Vrabel, like, that's going to be a tough football game. Um, even though I don't think the Titans are going to be as good as they've been in years past, Mike Vrabel is going to have his team playing hard. So, I mean, I've got them winning a couple of games that I think are going to be tough. I think the Broncos are going to be better than they were a year ago with Russell Wilson. But I think that that's a game that the Browns ultimately uh, are going to win. Uh, Jacksonville, I think it, it should be a little better than they were a year ago, and they're going to be in playoff contention. But I've got the Browns beating the Jaguars at home. So, yeah, I, I think 11-6 and six is about where this football team is. And when I look at, like, the state of the roster, I know we talked about in the last segment a little bit as we kind of broke down some of the defense. Like, it's hard for me. Uh, I was uh, – my good friend Kenny Rota, who I used to work with uh, years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I was on his show Monday afternoon. Uh, he's on down in uh, the Hall of Fame city down in Canton, and he mm -hmm. asked me, you know, hey, where is an area that the Browns are weak? Like, where did Andrew Barry uh, not do enough? Can I and guess? Can I guess? 
Sure. Linebacker. Is that what you're going to say? That's that's what I mentioned. But, All right. But here's the thing is, you know, JOK coming off injury, mm-hmm. Anthony Walker coming off injury, Sione Takitaki coming off injury. So I am a little concerned about that, that those guys are all coming off injury. But those are good players, right? They, they are good players. And what I explained to him is that when, I, when you look at Jim Schwartz's defense and his philosophy, right, his mm-hmm. philosophy with that wide nine scheme that he likes to play, defensive guys get pressure. We're not on their own. We're not blitzing. The defensive linemen, the defensive ends get after the quarterback without additional help. They win their one-on-ones. The other thing that Jim Schwartz does, they don't play the cover two and the cover three and things like that. He plays man-to-man. He wants his corners to win their one-on-ones and compete, right? So right. What, was, what was one of the big problems that the Browns had last year in the secondary? Communication. It was, oh, hey, yeah. you if, if this happens, I do this, you do that, right? There's just too much, too many thinking processes in Joe Woods' defense. Jim Schwartz, I don't want to say takes those out, don't misunderstand me, but he minimizes that. He takes some of that guesswork out of it, right? So the guys can just react. And so um, when I, I look at that philosophically, where are the Browns the strongest? Now they're strongest up front. They're strongest in the secondary. So I don't want to sound like linebacker doesn't matter, but it's not as critical defensively to Jim Schwartz's scheme as the defensive tackles, the edge rushers, and the corners and safeties. So that's why I think the Browns are going to be okay. So I just want to put a little perspective on what we were talking about, about you know the schedule game and the wins and what they actually mean. And you know I make fun of the schedule game just because I think it's goofy because we already know the teams that are coming out and all they do is put things in place. And I do understand that people need it for planning purposes, but put this in perspective. If you don't say 10 wins, you're saying your team has no chance to win the AFC North. In fact, you have to go back 33 years, Daryl, to find a team uh, in the AFC North or the AFC Central that made it to the playoffs and won the division with less than 10 games. And in 1990, Cincinnati uh, was 9-7, and and they made it. And I do think it's super interesting that you look back over the 17-game schedules now, just over the last two years, that 10 and 12 are what get you in. So (laughs) Cincinnati in 21 ends up going to the Super Bowl with only 10 wins during the regular season. Then they bounce back last year and have 12 wins, and so they win the AFC North. But when you also look back at these two 17-game schedules, Pittsburgh got in at 9-7-1, and and Baltimore got in at 10-7. and So I, yeah. I think that when you say 10 wins, you are saying playoffs. Yeah, and that's, you know, uh, I, I had said 10-7 and seven is where I thought they were going to finish, and I gave them the seventh seed in the AFC in a wild card. But uh, with uh, Zedarius in the mix now, I'm giving them an extra win, bumping them up to 11-6, and six, and they will not be the seventh seed, at least my expectation uh, for the upcoming season. I think that, you know, they will probably be uh, – Maybe the fifth seed, right? Or uh, I, I, I think that they could. You're be saying the fifth they could seed. be I, the best team outside of the division winners. Correct. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean the division winner is better than the Browns. No, because I mean, look, uh, last year, uh, uh, I'm, I'm having a brain cramp. Someone won it, and they were like 
Uh, well, the AFC South. Yeah. yeah, the AFC South was just, or I'm sorry, the NFC South, I should say, was like complete garbage last year. Um, and and that's the problem with the AFC North, Daryl, that consistently, I mean, look at the wins, 12, 10, 12, 14, 10, 13, 11, 12, 11, 11, 10. You got to go back to, uh, you know, you've had Baltimore's won it twice with 10 wins between 2012 and now. And Cincinnati okay, so had Tam- 10 wins. I mean, it's hard. Tampa Bay to was win. eight and nine last year. Tampa Bay was eight and nine last year and won the, the NFC South. Uh, they beat, they, they edged out Carolina and uh, New Orleans and the Falcons. Uh, all three of those teams were seven and 10. So, like, the, the NFC South was just complete hot garbage. The Buccaneers got in, uh, you know, and um, I just, I, <laughs> The AFC North certainly is not the NFC South. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Tom Brady, and also, too, keep in mind, like, so, you know, Tom Brady left the Buccaneers. Drew Brees is no longer with the Saints. Falcons quarterback situations, uh, you know, Matt Ryan not there anymore. You know, so, like, three, and Cam Newton with the Panthers. So, like, all four quarterbacks in that division, there's, there's like, been a, a quarterback transition in that division. So, you know, no secret that the division went to hell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you look at the AFC North, if Deshaun Watson plays up to expectation, right, and it, and and returns to being one of the top quarterbacks in the league, whether, whether it's – I'm going to say top 10. I, I think that that's fair. He should be a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League this coming season. If he does that, Andy, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to give the Steelers, but Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson, that – that's a tough division when you're talking about quarterbacks. And let me let me just add one more thing to how hard it is to win, right? So the, I, if I'm doing my math correct here, there are only four teams in the history of the AFC North and AFC Central that have had ten wins and didn't make the playoffs. It's pretty amazing. In seventy five, uh, and the Cleveland and the, and the yeah. Cleveland Browns were one of them in two thousand seven. That's right. <laughs> right. So the Houston Oilers were ten and four in. 75 the Bengals were 10 and 4 and 76 and they didn't make it and that's two there's another one didn't make it Cincinnati again in 86 won 10 games I I remember the Browns winning late in the season against the Bengals in 86 too to get there so the Browns had won the central at 12 and 4 and Cincinnati was 10 and 6 and didn't make the playoffs and then you flash forward to the Browns year where they had won they went 10 and 6 second in 2007 so I mean you know what it's interesting Daryl, as we look at the Browns and how hard it is to win in the AFC North, and then you look at what the Guardians did or the Indians did to pop away from the old um, AL East, and they have benefited. It's almost like, man, if the Browns... It was the best thing that happened to them. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But for the Browns, it has just been murder because there are so many good teams in our division. And it's it's historic. It's not even... You go back to the beginning of the AFC Central in the 70s, and it's just it's it's been tough, super tough. Well, and when you look at, uh, uh, I, um, trying to think, um, in the A, in I'm trying to remember the 1999 um, Browns or the yeah, no the played out. The, yeah, the way things played out. Jacksonville so won the, in in '99. They were so 14 the old and two. A, here we go. I got it. I looked it up. Yeah, so the it. old AFC, yeah, the old AFC Central was Jacksonville, Tennessee, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals, Browns. And then 
what they did was is when the Texans came into the league in 2002, that's when they did the, the realignment and created the North, South, East, and West uh, divisions. So, excuse me, Jacksonville and Tennessee, they, uh, they slid off to the, uh, the, the AFC South uh, with the Colts and the Texans, uh, and, and the Browns were left with their traditional rivals, the Steelers, the Bengals, and then, of course, the Baltimore Ravens, because that's, you know, the league wanted the Cleveland-Baltimore uh, rivalry. And unfortunately, that's not gone very well for Cleveland. Um, no. and, they're in, and the Ravens have a couple of Vince Lombardis in the, tri- in the trophy case on top of it. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, this division uh, has been tough on the Browns because you have seen uh, the Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals year in and year out. It's just it's astonishing me to me to me, Andy, that the Browns have not won a division since 1989. That still is a mind. The Houston Texans have won their division. The Jacksonville Jaguars have won their division. Carolina Panthers have won their division. The Cleveland Browns, 1989, and that was also the last year they were better than the Steelers in the division. It's been a long, long time. We are talking rookie minicamp next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. 